Welcome to The Truth CSGO Podcast, episode 22. Today, it is all about the fanaticence. We are going over WESG 2017, IEM Katowice 2018, Star Series Season 4, CS Summit 2, and the latest in Counter-Strike news. First up, some practical matters. There's a fan on my computer that's going hardcore because it's hot as balls in Sydney. So if you can hear that, I apologize. I have now finished my month off from video games. I'm actually a couple of weeks out of it. And I have to say, absolutely amazing. I'm back on the horse somewhat now, but I feel my boat's been rocked a bit. I feel like I'm far more aware. I'm better at going to bed. I'm better at doing things. I've also kickstarted a part of my career that was sort of fallow, and that has been incredible, which is partly why I've been too busy to record this podcast. It's been three weeks since the last step. Three weeks is not good enough for my own standards. And uh, I was away. I was in Germany. I was very close to Katowice. I was so close and I couldn't make it, but uh, I very much enjoyed watching it. We're going to get to that in good time. But first up, a word from our sponsors. Do you get caught out for cheating in CSGO in VECPEN? Do you get called out by teammates and opponents for suspicious crosshair placement, inexplicable knowledge of enemy team, and uncanny aim? Has this been happening for a long time? So long, you can't play. Well, you need Flasha Slow Release Cheese. Flusher's low-release cheats are a set of full-surface Counter-Strike globally offensive cheats that give you aimbot, volhack, and all the other stuff that cheats do. But what makes Flusher's low-release cheats better than your regular vanilla cheat? It is a patented release slow-time delay technology TM. Our cheats will work for two years and give you big results, including at majors. That's plural. Then, at the peak of your success, they will switch off. During which period, your special levels go down, like Metal Gear Solid. Then, using advanced artificial eye, trained on human level suspicion and reasoning at the right time, when the community decides you have played so poop recently, you can't have been cheating in the first place, or at least maybe you've deactivated them, boom! The cheats reactivate and you dominate and take all trophies. But don't take my word for it, here's Flusher himself. How this is Flusher. Without this slow release time delay technology, I would not have trophy again. I have it again. JW happy, Crims happy, Lecro happy and Golden happy, but the kick. So get some Flusher slow release cheats today at our website flusherslowreleasecheats.ru.sw.gd.pp.ddk.blackddk.com And we'll see you in the So it's been a while between drinks, three weeks. A lot has happened in that time, as I said. We're going to start very briefly with CS Summit 2. It was won by Liquid. And the first story was that SK went down 2-0 to Cloud9 and then Liquid, which is, um, well, it's becoming a pattern now, isn't it? They have seem to have had a hit to their confidence since the lackluster result at the major. Lackluster for their standards. It seemed to have taken the wind out of fallen sails a bit. I don't think it has much to do with bolts, as people are saying. I think bolts... has been a good addition to the team. At least he seemed to be at the start. I actually think it's always going to come down to how hungry Fallen is, and I've said it before, 
But I'll say it again, if he's not feeling it, I don't think that team's going to get results. Now, Liquid beat Cloud9 3-2 in the grand final. Cloud9 showed that they just could not maintain the form, the hunger, the drive, the cohesion that they had at the major. And uh, it's hard to stay on top, obviously, but these guys seem to be just having too much fun in general to expect their motivation to last at the high level it was at at the major. Um, also, though, NAF seems to have reinvigorated Liquid. They are looking world-class again. Elige, Twist, NAF, and Nitro. That is some intimidating firepower now, which is great to see the reintegration of that team. However, ladies and <clears throat> gentlemen, a rumor has just surfaced on Reddit prior to this episode. Minutes prior, in fact, and it concerns Liquid, and it concerns SK, and it concerns potential roster changes. I will get to that at the very end. We're going to move on to Star Series iLeague Season 4. Star Series iLeague Season 4 was won by Mouse Sports, and it was great to see them returning to the form that was hinted at at Mykonos last year. Chris J is just beasting out of control right now. I'd say he's one of the most skilled IGLs, especially because he's fragging with the AWP. It's almost like he's stepped up and Fallen has stepped down. Now, if you're not aware, Chris J was actually kicked from Mouse Sports back in January last year, but when Nico was poached by FaZe, he was reinstated and uh, seems to have been the correct move. Rops joined in April a year ago. Sunny and Sticko joined in August and they were replacing Lowell and Denis with one N. So it's been a little while, but this team is looking very fearsome now indeed. Now, the uh, grand final was played against Na'Vi. It was nice to see them back in a grand final. It has been a while. And it was a really fun series of three. But... Um, one of the big storylines was that despite his team not winning, Simple actually won the MVP, which is the first time in a big tournament I'm aware of that happening. Now, Flamey was playing quite well, <clears throat> so it wasn't just entirely the Simple show. Uh, Zeus had his usual play like an absolute silver one game and then uh, inexplicably impact the game on a few rounds in the next. But it was really the Simple show for the most part. He was instrumental in their semifinals victory over FaZe, which was a tough match for me to watch being a bit of a FaZe fan. Now, it's sometimes hard to recommend POVs of professional players for casual players because so often there's a lot of team strats and coordinated plays and you can watch them and be like, well, how did that work out? Uh, and then you have to kind of look at the whole team and see what they're doing. And, you know, if you're like me and you often just pug with one or two mates uh, for the most part around the level of like MG, you really have to find the right POVs to watch. And I... Having watched Simple's POV for this best of three, I can wholeheartedly recommend watching it if you want to improve from a pro POV. Uh, because Simple basically plays like the fifth man in a four-man queue. It's like he's just joined the server, tacked onto a four-man, they're kind of doing their own thing, and Simple's doing his own thing. Because he mostly does his own thing. He plays pretty loose in his positions, generally from a place especially in CT where he, he can rotate the quickest, so around the middle of the map if possible. And in particular, I would say, if you're interested in this, check out his POV from Mirage. This is the match that went over time. It was map two. Simple's a very calm player. He's very tight with his aim and his positions. He doesn't move about too much. There's not a lot of uh, you know twitching around. There's not a lot of um, fast counter strafing. He's very calm. He's very collected. And uh, his in-force mistakes are very few and far between. So for someone who's interested in improving their sort of solo play, <laughs> ironically enough, I would say check out this POV 
of solo because you can't uh, of solo this of simple because you cannot get much higher a level <laughs> for a one man band than this. Anyway, finally, just uh, before we move on from Star Series because I'm racing through these, Phase died in the ass in this. They lost not only to Liquid but to Navi as I mentioned, which could be a matter of Phase underestimating them. Um, Navi have sort of been a bit of a joke for a little while in that it's been the simple show. But um, FaZe are a better team than both of those teams. Both better than Liquid. They're better than um, Na'Vi. Or at least I think they have the, the highest ceiling in their players. But they seem to have suffered a confidence, um, a bit of a confidence bash uh, similar to SK after uh, their defeat from... The defeat at the hands of C9, I should say, at the Major. Rain in particular seems to have disappeared somewhat. We will come more to this topic. The final thing I wanted to say before I moved on from Star Series was how bloody disappointing it was that every time there wasn't actual play happening, we saw logos for CS Money, Hellcase, Lootbet. Uh, I think that was it. Maybe one more gambling site. They were always on screen. The poor casters had to... Um, plug them in the most awkward way whenever they could. Are there no other sponsors for these events? Are there no other sponsors? Well, I guess there mustn't be. I guess there mustn't be people offering the same kind of money, pardon me, that uh, gambling sites um, offer. And uh, my gambling episode is coming up, and I will go into this more, but I have to say, for such an awesome event and so many awesome matches... It was a bloody stick up my bum hole. Now we're on to the absolute meat juice of this episode. I am Katowice 2018. This was the final event of IEM Season 12 with a 500k prize pool. If you haven't been to Katowice, if you don't know what it is, if you don't know where it is, it's a lovely little town in Poland. It's about an hour's drive from Auschwitz and Dachau the concentration camps of World War II. I've only been there in summer, and it's uh, it's lovely in summer. I believe it's bitterly cold, not in summer. Anyway, this event had a best-of-three Swiss system after the first round and 16 teams, which meant that there was a shit ton of CS that was played. And I'm very sympathetic with the idea that best-of-threes are really the only way to say, yep, this team is playing better than this other team at this point in time. But this was just too much Counter-Strike for anybody who's not sort of completely unemployed or on school holidays. How can you possibly watch this much? It's like Counter-Strike is going from the morning to the evening and there's two streams. Who is this for? I mean, I watched as much as I physically could, but it felt like overkill. Anyway, we are going to go through all of these uh, teams well, most of them anyway, have a little chat. What have we learnt? What's going to happen going ahead? Now, first off, Tai Lu. Didn't have such a great showing here, but I'll tell you one thing I learnt about Tai Lu. Bentet, or B-N-T-E-T, who is basically their star player. His real name is Hansel Ferdinand. Hansel motherfucking Ferdinand. That's what I'm going to name my child. Now, this was a first big tournament for a few of these new lineups. Firstly, Ninjas in Pajamas. They put up a very good showing with Dennis as their new RGL. That's a dude who talks with some freaking confidence in his interviews, and I love it. These guys ended up going down to Liquid, but they did have some very convincing victories over G2 and Order. Speaking of the boys, uh, I was following them. I was looking forward to seeing what they were going to do. Uh, they won the Oceania quo uh, closed qualifier which got them into the 
into the um, into the tournament itself. But they kind of bombed out. It was exciting to see them in there. A new Australian team. Renegades are basically Yankees at this point. Um, they're not new exactly. They're basically the old Kings team. But getting a chance to play on a big stage against big teams was obviously of large value to them. Very excited to see what they'll do next. I believe they're already confirmed for IM Sydney. Should have done my homework, but probably um, if they're not confirmed, they'll be getting in via some qualifier because they're a really talented lot of boys. They got railed by FaZe in the rudest way. Didn't even get a kiss on the cheek. Now, Virtus Pro bombed hard again despite the addition of Mihu, despite Neo back to the IGLing role. They went out to Heroic, who feel like they are on the verge of something great. Been a little harsh on the heroic Nico in the past, basically because he hasn't changed his name. But I've since changed my tune because he's actually quite a good player. I never saw the transfer of Rubino on this team as particularly exciting, I have to say. The last we'd seen of him as a stand-in for Australia at Epicenter, I thought he was far less impressive than Dennis, who was a stand-in um, at the event before. Um, what was it? Blast Pro. Yeah, I don't really kind of get the hype around Rubino, I believe he might have had a good showing when he was at North, but so far he has not been very impressive to me. Yuki seems to be coming into his own now. He's been he's been promising for a while. So I have to say I'm fast becoming a heroic fan and I will be looking at them with very beady, eager eyes in the coming events. Now North, they've got Mertz and Kirby. They had a win against Heroic, but then went down to NIP. Not convinced. Not convinced. Not convinced even in the slightest, that this is a lineup that is going to go places. Uh, but I am open. I am open. I just don't really see how this lineup could be better than the last. But we will see. We will see. Astralis were looking much better with Majisk Boy. They knocked out SK 2 0. They beat Liquid 2 1 until they eventually went down to phase in oh, such an exciting, fun semi final. Uh, if the grand final hadn't been so good, I would have said go back and look at this one because this one was great. Feels good to have Astralis back as contenders, and I'll tell you why. I was wondering why. I was wondering why, and I worked out why. They play intelligent CS. When they lose rounds, is generally because they fluff something up. You know, you know, uh, uh, pure skill-wise. It's not because they're making bad calls in general. But of course, the big story was the grand final. <clears throat> Pardon me, FaZe versus Fnatic. This is a best of five that went 3 2 to Fnatic. And it's been a long time between drinks for Fnatic. Their last result of note was July 2016 when they came second in E League Season 1 to Virtus Pro. So almost two years. And uh, we have been talking about them on this podcast. It's been fun watching the core of Crims, JW, and Flusher tighten again. Just, just tighten up again like a muscle contracting. In particular, it's been fun observing crims rise back to the top like the cream as a world-class player he really wanted this you could tell he was banging the table this is the matchup to watch if you've been away from cs for a while this is a best of five featured a lot of amazing one-man plays beginning really with guardian who had the most enormous 1v5 on overpass with an orp oh my goodness uh, Guardian is definitely my favorite player right now. He's my fave. And then we had two aces from Flusher in the last game. Now, firstly, just FaZe. This really confirmed for me, as I said, that Guardian is the best player on FaZe right now. He's just so reliable. He doesn't seem to tilt. His skill's unbelievable. His clutch rate is amazing, which is invaluable for an AWPer who's often the last one left. Look, Olaf Meister is obviously great. Nico's generally pretty great too, but he tilts a bit. 
I think he actually was quite consistent in this best of five, which is unusual for him. He usually has one map that he kind of doesn't show up at. The only one who felt missing, as I said before, was Rain. Um, and really, because he set such a high standard for himself. You watch Rain in the last few um, tournaments, and that is not a, a top four player. So Rain's had a bit of a dip since 2018. Apparently, he's been a bit sick. Now, the uh, free pass that everyone gives Carrigan for fragging below his weight... It's the kind of thing you start looking at when they have this many runners-up awards in this many big tournaments. I mean, they are doing so well, but do they need some extra thing to push them over the line? Here's what I think for like the millionth time on this podcast. If they can keep the lineup together, I reckon they'll stabilize. I reckon it's a confidence thing. Uh, I reckon it's a mood thing. And as long as they don't tilt and get negative about each other and start picking each other apart, they should be world-class players and a world-class team and a solid one that just closes out tournaments by July. If not, I think they'll break up. Uh, Now, Flusher got the MVP of this. He had an interview on HL TV where he was saying that FaZe were playing a bit scared, which... uh, Perhaps is a function of having too much confidence to go in with. Because if you're, if you're so far one way and then you get a bit shattered, then you go you know a lot further the other way. And um, it does make me think of a flusher who basically is an impervious statue for the entire game. Dude just cannot be, cannot be upset, can he? And uh, perhaps some of the players on phase really need to uh, take that in. Anyway, not only did Flusher and Crims show up, but uh, J-Dub was above his usual skill level, which hasn't been, you know, hasn't been quite to the standards of the J-Dub that we uh, know and love from the past. Lecro, bit of a rev, bit of a revelation, as far as I'm concerned, basically the best dealer in the game right now. Pretty sure he gives Nico a good run for his money. Uh, Golden, I thought, did great. I thought he uh, had the impactful plays when they were needed and was a fairly solid um, fragger otherwise. He was quite, he's quite a static player, quite a static player, but um, to be expected of, a, of an in-game leader, you hold a point and then you talk to your teammates. I thought he was great. Um, <clears throat> we will get to his, uh, you know what, let's just talk about it now. After this event, Fnatic are on the world stage again. They're up there lifting a trophy. Jabe Dub's got a smile on his dial. And then they turn around and say, we're going to get rid of Golden for Exist. I'm sure you've heard about this by now. You've discussed it with your mates. And uh, who can know the reasoning behind this? It would seem bananas on the face of it, but it is possible they believe they won the tournament in spite of Golden rather than because of it, which is a shame, obviously, because since Lecker and Golden uh, joined, we've witnessed a steady increase in their fortunes, We've witnessed a gradual tightening of the fanatic muscle, as I was talking about. And, uh, you know, it's been a slow one. And it's just before this event, which is bizarre. There was the 0-3 at Star Series. They went out first. Um, so it's, it's possible that they decided there and then, behind closed doors, you know what? Katowice will be our last tournament with Golden. We'll get Exist. We're mates. We've been around. We'll put him into play and uh, we'll sign some agreements that will only come into fruition post Katowice regardless of the outcome. Now, we did just have WESG and I will get to that in a mo. 
And there were a few points where I saw Fnatic put his arm around Golden. So at the very least, there is no bad blood between those two. And it's highly possible that this is basically one of those moves where the players go, we heard exist, wanted out of NIP, or, you know, was scared of getting kicked, or NIP put him up for offer to uh, some of the other team owners. And you've done great, Golden. We've had some good results, but there's no way we can turn down an OG. And, you know, you can debate the logic of that till the cows come home. Uh, Exist has his fair share of detractors. It's a real shame to see someone who has just achieved so much from such a position of an underdog. Like, no one knew him. Dude's young. Dude's unproven. Takes three of the greatest players of all time. Wins IEM Katowice. Whatevs. The good thing is, because he managed to get these victories, and they did just win WESG, sorry for the spoilers, the good thing is because he did manage to get these victories under his belt before he was shown the door, Mofo should get another team like that. I mean, he's an IGL, he's proven, he's good, everybody needs one. <laughs> There's always a shortage. Shocks has been kicked for Mixwell on G2, and Smiths wants to play again been a lot of talk about this i'm sure if you follow the scene at all you're kind of bored by it it was announced that shocks will be getting benched on g2 prior to his upcoming wrist surge with uh mixwell coming in for trial had been reported hmm, a few months ago when mixwell left optic that he was undergoing french lessons whoever's mixwell's publicist did a very good job of getting his name out there as a possible french player i think it was actually mixwell himself so it's lovely to see that he's basically landed on his <clears throat> landed on the best like landing he possibly could tumbling out of the uh, dryer of um of um you know licorice that was uh, optic i don't even know what that analogy means anyway g2 have had bad results the last year basically since they won um dreamhack malmo and uh any other team you might go okay they've had some good placings but this was supposed to be the super team if you're not too familiar with why that is, Shocks and Kenny S had been playing opposite each other and in different French teams for a very long time. Both of them had been the star players at their respective teams. Finally, they were joined like Gog and Magog in the same team, and it was going to be the French era of domination. Unfortunately, didn't happen. Don't know why. Uh, it appeared that the team decided that perhaps NBK going to the IGL might have been the solution to save this team's results. But Shocks didn't uh, didn't feel the same way. Didn't approve of NBK being the potential IGL. Decided it was time for him to move on. He's going to land on his feet. I'm sure he was having much better results in the last few months. If his wrist is better, uh... now Smith, I wouldn't dare to try and predict what's going to happen with him. He's been out of the actual player scene for a while, been coaching G2. And um, I think it was Nell and Direct on Twitter who pointed out that Smith's has a weird habit of leaving teams shortly after shocks. So possible when shocks has uh, eaten his peaches and ice cream, gotten his fill of those in the hospital, is let out uh, and back on the streets again. Perhaps they'll team up. Perhaps they will go to a new team. Perhaps they'll start their own team. Either way, moral of the story, I'm very excited about my boy Jeff Goldblum.
I hope he's been hitting the Duolingo. Duolingo? Anyway, the language app. Been getting down with his Etre et Evoise. And I'll be very excited to see what happens with this new G2 lineup. In other news, Taz. Taz from VP has gone to Kingwin. Taz is not out of CS yet. Just when I thought it was out, they pull me back in. And this is actually a very good thing. I didn't want Taz to leave the scene. I didn't want him to start his own gym and become like Burt Young from Rocky. Uh, I'm sure one day he'll burn out and walk around with a toothpick in his mouth, but God damn it, 2018 is not going to be the year. He's coming back with Avenge. He's going to lead a whole new team, I think, at Kingwin. I know nothing about the players. They're obviously a Polish team. They're looking to be the contender that a Go and Pride have promised they might be, but are not quite yet. Uh, I'm very excited to see what happens with this team. I think he's been putting them together himself. Uh, they consist of Manice, Roland, Reitz, and a guy called Mouz, M-O-U-Z. And uh, if you've been around, you know that that is the nickname for Mouse Sports, the German team who won, um, what's it called, that I was just talking about. So this dude has just gone, yep, I'm just going to name myself after a whole team. I'm like worth five players. Anyway, they're all in their like early 20s, and Taz is 31, so there's a big age gap. They've all got a dad. I feel like this could work. Now, they've only got a few tournaments coming up, and they're not very high tier. They're playing Ecstatus, Red Reserve, and Vindigo today, for instance, as I record this podcast. One of them is the Hellcase Cup. Never heard of it. The other one is ESEA MDL Season 27 Europe. So, look, let's just check out some of these results. I am going to be keeping some more BDIs on this, and fingers crossed for the old Taz. Let's move on to the WESG 2017 tournament. Now, this was finished maybe an hour and a half before recording this podcast, so this news is fresh. Finally, you've waited this long into the podcast to get some fresh news, and here it is. If you're not too uh, aware of the WSG Games, it stands for the World Electronic Sports Games, and despite finishing in mid-March... 2018. This tournament was still the WSG 2017 tournament. It, uh, it's held in Shanghai, sponsored by Alibaba. And if you're not familiar with them, they started out basically as the Amazon of China and have since expanded into literally everything. I wouldn't be surprised if terraforming Mars next year is on their agenda. Now, this tournament had a $1.5 million prize, which means the winner got 800K. 800K. Second place got 300k. That is the biggest prize in Counter-Strike as far as I'm aware. Now, this was supposedly regional, and there were teams called Russia. Uh, there were teams called China, but also some teams who were not specific to their country, like Cloud9, SK, and Fnatic. I assume they were representing their respective countries, but I didn't know. I don't know. I could not work it out. I'm confused by the whole thing. And let me tell you, in some ways, I was even more confused watching it. But let's start with a few of the little stories. SK went out again in the groups. Again. I feel a change coming. Team 1 beat Cloud9 2-1 in the quarterfinals. Who is Team 1? I might uh, have heard you ask, and I asked the exact same thing. According to Liquipedia, Team 1 are a Brazilian team who moved to the US earlier in Feb, and they've been around since 2015, but they've gone through a lot of lineups along the way. True underdogs, Cloud9 are falling fast. Uh, now, Team Russia, they actually finished third at this event, 
after Simple and Flamey bowed out at the literal last minute for very mysterious reasons. Now, Seized hasn't had great results over at Gambit recently, so it was nice to see him up on a podium. Can't hold that guy down, can you? You just cannot hold him down. He'll stay up for 30 hours, play like a silver, be laughed at over the internet. Bam! He's on a stage in China, and he's just made, I don't know, it was a lot of money. Anyway, grand final came down to Fnatic versus Space Soldier. Uh, soldiers, sorry, there's a plural there, which is a weird... It was like, why are these teams playing each other? It just felt like... Anyway, Space Soldiers put up a very, very good fight. Kallax came up big on the second map, and uh, it looked like they were actually going to take it, but Fnatic, because basically Flusher um, is uh, the Dalai Lama, um, and they're at that level right now where even if they're down, especially when they're down, they're going to be playing careful. They're going to be punishing any stupid move that you make. And I feel like that little core, I've said it before, especially on Mirage and especially around mid, they're like a Hydra. They're a Hydra. Uh, and, and they're very difficult to, to defeat. Now, that seems to be one of their strengths, that, um, that balance I'm talking about, that emotional balance. And uh, as I mentioned in the I.M. Katowice section, Flusher's expressionless, emotionless countenance typifies, typifies that team right now. The dude just maintains. He maintains. Now, the casters uh, were Anders Bloom and this guy Tom Beers, and they literally had nothing to say at the end of the match. I mean, this is like a couple of things, but then they looked at each other like, do we have, I, I don't think like we have anything else to say. And there was a silence, and then they went to a... A music break. Um, now Tom was good. Uh, sorry, and, and I'll get to why I mentioned this in a second. But Tom was very good. He has a very good flow, and I mentioned this as well because I haven't heard much of his work. But I think this duo was really missing the in-depth color commentary that someone like Henry G provides, that someone like Moses brings to his castings, his duos with Anders. Uh, so while both of these guys are very, very competent, and as I tweeted. Um, I joined a stream when, at the exact same moment when Anders was go, Anders went. Uh, if you're joining us now, uh, which was very nice. It's a it's a warm feeling. He's a welcoming guy, uh, but definitely not a duo. I think is really going to work in the future unless one of them went. Oh yeah, I'm going to do a whole lot more research and provide a whole lot more color and background and uh, in depth analysis while we play and story, basically story about this team. Now, the production itself, despite the $1.5 million prize, the values were not so hot. Uh, if you've been following social media recently, the teams had a big whinge about the hotels, and fair enough, a bit of a scandal. People were being put up in hotel rooms that looked more like the cells at the Bangkok Hilton than what they're probably used to. Um, and the stage of the grand final, it was obviously so flimsy that the camera bounced every time the players got up. Uh, it was held in a pretty small theater with very few spectators, so there was basically no crowd noise to add to the hype of the broadcast. So perhaps they should have spent some of that money on production values instead. I'm not aware of the full viewership numbers. I think it was like 400K on the Chinese side. It was about 30K on the stream I was watching. Um, so, I mean, you know, uh, not, not 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 ideal viewership numbers. Uh, anyway, one of the things that I did like about this, 
just before we get on to some more negative stuff about it, was the fact that they used star lenses. So the onstage lights were going in different directions, like an 80s music video, like a bad karaoke video. Western tournament organisers take note. When you've got lights that are shining at a lens, which they often are in these big um, tournaments, I reckon this looks good. Anyway, after Fnatic won and Space Soldiers conceded, they had this ridiculous closing ceremony where a bunch of old officials and government bureaucrats were announced, including the Secretary General of Internet Access Association of China. That's word for word. The Secretary General of Internet Access Association of China stood up. Everyone applauded. I guess that's what happens in a communist country. The whole thing felt a bit like a high school prize giving. Some of the prize gives, uh, some of the prize winners, I should say, went up on stage when they were called in shorts and thongs. It was like, this is a multi, multi-million dollar tournament. And you're going up there on stage in shorts and thongs. And for my US listeners, I should clarify, we call flip-flops thongs. I'm not talking about G-strings. Anyway, you've just won hundreds of thousands of dollars. Put on some pants. Actually, put on a motherfucking tuxedo. If I won that much money, I would not be up in anything less than a fuck-off Willy Wonka purple three-piece with cane and possibly a small animal on my shoulder attached by chain to my pocket. At least. Although, having said that, I realize I should not just bash this event. I should provide an alternative. Um, so, how's this? What if we put the winning... St- the, the winning um, teams on stage and then we fire their cash at them with a cannon, like violently. And then while they're picking it all up, everyone else is dancing because this walls come down and Daft Punk are playing and it becomes this huge disco with a cannon that just goes off every so often. It's time to the music, to like the big drop. And then every Chinese official and sponsor, all the old Gs, uh, are like um, sprayed with um, water and they have their own section in a pool with bubbles and then when the when the, um, the, the robots Daft Punk have finished their set the stream just like gradually transitions to this kind of chilled out deep techno live stream of the club that, that, the, that the venue has become and so we just can like stream it in the background while we're playing Counter-Strike <sighs> boom whatevs I'm available for any events that you wish to plan in the future. The winners of the women's tournament was Russia. I didn't see the games. Now we're going to end with a dirty, dirty little rumour that had just surfaced on Reddit, as I mentioned prior. A very cryptic tweet emerged from a guy called Hooch who said that we wouldn't believe the new SK lineup. And one astute Redditor pointed out that Noah Winston, a.k.a. Ron Wees, the CEO of Immortals, which is where the SK gamers are supposedly going mid-year, has just followed Elige on Twitter. Elige, he of liquid fame. He of Portuguese-speaking fame. He of, like Mixwell, Duolingo-using fame. Could this be happening? I don't know. I have a website coming. The gambling episode is on the way. I have a very, very special interview, a very special interview that is happening in that episode. I was trying to get it for a while and it's been confirmed. Hasn't been recorded yet, but it'll be very personal to me 
and I think you'll find it fascinating. Also, I'm going to get some merch out here because I don't want to add any advertising apart from obviously the wonderful sponsor I had at the beginning of this, but I am a lover of merch myself. I'm going to make some truth stuff uh, so I can rep it on the streets and I'll make it available to you. That'll be uh, coming at some point in the future. In the meantime, uh, you can email me at thetruthcsgopodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at thetruthcsgo. And the music in this episode was by Beaufort. That's beaufort.asia for more of that stuff. And uh, enjoy the game. Beautiful.